And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. She had a birthday yesterday, she cried. Took off her glasses, let her hair down, cried. The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! <laughs> Hello, backstabbers. It's that time of year again. The old Chris Keeper's birthday. Yes, I'm 650 years old and I've got a million friends who I invited to my birthday party. I've got my noisemaker. Yeah, yeah, I got my hat. I got my party hat and my cake. I've dug up a dozen corpses and one to grow on, and I have them positioned merrily around the table in costume. And, yeah, nobody came. Nobody came. Pretty cool. Uh, what? Oh, you came. Well, a lot of fucking good that does me. This is a pre-recorded podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This... This was put together and edited two months ago. So, yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. It means a lot to me. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to me. Hello everyone and welcome to the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. I'd like to thank everyone for downloading and listening to the show tonight. And we have a heck of a show for you today as we dip once again into that uh, fabled uh, relic of a day gone by of the VHS Horror Rack Hanger On. And we are taking a look at another Horror Rack Hanger On. And I am not alone as I am joined left to right across your podcast dial. First up, Two True Freaks OG, Chris Honeywell. Carry on, Winston. Give mommy head. <laughs> uh, also joining us, as always, the hair metal hero, Chris Tyler. I just hope these kids aren't having an adverse effect on you. <laughs> yes, that was my second choice. <laughs> and and rounding out our little, uh, I guess a top four instead of a top ten would be my brother, Jason Giaconetti. Tell yourself, you bastard! 
<laughs> and if you can't tell from those quotes, I don't know what to do for you. We are taking a look at 1980s Happy Birthday to Me. Uh, 1980 or 1981, depending on where 81. you look. Well, I've I've seen it credited to both. It was released in 1981, filmed in 1980. Um, happy birthday to me. This film, very Canadian. Also oh, yeah. directed by one of my personal favorites, actually, J. Lee Thompson. Yes. Who, if you're listening <laughs> to The Vault, you're thinking, didn't he do Guns to Navarone? And it's yes. like, yes, he did. But he also did The Evil That Men Do and Messenger of Death, and Death Wish 4, and Murphy's Law, and Kinjate Forbidden Subjects. This guy did a ton, and 10 to Midnight. He did a and ton Conquest of movies. Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> yeah, but, but Conquest of the Planet of the Apes didn't have my boy Charles Bronson in it, and all and those. We don't know that. Apes, he could have been in, in monkey makeup. <laughs> it, had, it had monkeys. I so. don't remember a scene in Conquest where a monkey just started gunning guys down, saying, hey. I gotta, I'm going to fix that dandruff problem for you. <laughs> but anyway, yes, yeah, so uh, so again, as I said, we're another one of our horror rack hanger on. Uh, if you were around in the uh, video stores back in the 80s, you probably remember this particular VHS released by Columbia Pictures Home Entertainment, which is appropriate as Columbia released this film into theaters. Uh, the cover has a, a very interesting tagline. It says, six of the most bizarre murders you'll ever see. And it has uh, one of our victims getting a shish kebab shoved down his mouth by a black-gloved hand. Uh, very classic. I like this one a lot. It's very simple and that it's just the one, not even a full figure, just the face of the dude getting skewered. Yeah, see what I did there? Oh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and what I always liked about this one is that because it was from Columbia, it wasn't from like Vestron or Wizard or one of these other genre outfits. It has the same standard columbia trade dress so it's got the red border around all the sides of the box the standard columbia pictures home entertainment logo on the top and then the black uh sidebar with the red lettering now they it is in a kind of a a, a little bit of a horrific font with the t, the t in two being a dagger but otherwise this looks in line with other mainstream columbia pictures uh vhs releases from the era so um this this is this is an odd one. I said it's very Canadian. You get that very clearly that this this is not an American film, and it stands out a bit from the other ones we've watched in this series so far. Um, can I say one thing real quick? Because I know you're talking about the cover and stuff, and I just want to mention this. I don't want to forget. Yeah. So um, two things: the the original cover was not this. Um, this was not supposed to be the poster or anything like that. So they had a they. Um, the producers and Jay Lee and all them had they had agreed on. Yep, this is the this poster we want to use, and it was much more, is much uh, more subtle. It just had the words "Happy Birthday to Me," whatever kind of thing. They sent it in. They got the the one sheets back, and it had this on there. They said, "You put one of the kills on the. You can't show that kill. Like they give it away." And they're like, "Yeah, but it was way better than you guys had designed." And they said, "Well, we're not accepting it. They go too late. We already sent it out. Yeah. So they had already uh, distributed. It, so thanks." Um, yeah. And Jay Lee. Um, and hey, this is the, this is so funny because he's just like this guy's like this respected director and stuff. He literally ran around the set saying more blood, more blood, yeah. and he threw blood everywhere. They had to mop up all the blood he had thrown everywhere. He yeah. threw in every kills. He went, more blood, more blood, and they were like, <laughs> no, what are you doing? We're gonna get censored. He goes, no, it's gotta be more. So, you, um, so you see why he worked so well with Bronson, right there. Yeah, I'm just saying. So, uh, just those are two things that I they were from. Um, 
um, a, a different going to pieces, a different documentary about slash movies. Um, yeah. But I always found those so funny. I'm like, okay, like I never thought twice about the cover of the movie. I'm like, oh yeah, it's a kill. Yeah. Like they shipped that stuff. No, no, we wanted to keep it all. See, they were trying to be subtle. Yeah. Uh, well, and we'll you know what? To, what yeah. Well, it's kind we'll of get funny to because... how subtle the ending of this movie was, and I'll tell you well, a funny story. We okay. get there. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the ending of this movie is probably if if you've never seen it you probably don't know the ending I'll because go. this yeah. is not one of those. So, you know, way back in the first episode of this particular uh, uh, program, we did, or series, I should say, we did uh, Sleepaway Camp. And the ending to yep. Sleepaway Camp, pretty well known in horror circles if you're the right yep. age. The <laughs> ending to this one is so obscure and strange. Ooh, I yeah. mean, I was I watched this with my wife because right. she volunteered to watch it with me. God bless her. I'm not sure why. This is not her cup of tea. It's and at the old. end, she was she was kind of like, really, really, you know, really. But um, <laughs> it, it, okay, I'm gonna be honest with you. She might have watched it for the same reason my wife watched it with me. Melissa Sue Anderson. That's yeah. right. Little <laughs> out of Larry's own Melissa Sue Anderson and her breakout role that broke her to nowhere. Nowhere. So uh, she was just she, this was not her big foray. She definitely thought she was gonna become. She was she was filming Little House because um, Little House ran until um the 80s right so she was in the middle of filming just kind of that and but she, i mean my wife and i'm sure tons of other people i didn't really watch it but i watched little house in the prairie my wife still watched little house in the prairie and every time melissa anderson's on i'm like oh, don't trust her don't yeah. trust her. <laughs> pull her face off let's see what bitch is under there you know kind of thing like um but uh yeah so um yeah like luke said it, the ending of this the, the really well the reason Okay. Do you want me to tell you why? Because I know. I mean, we know well, why. Let's, okay. Well, let's hold on. Let, let's let's okay. let's get into we'll this. Hold the, we'll so, do the end at the end. <laughs> yeah. So one of the one of the things about this movie that that I've because this is one again that I, I I picked when we were when I was putting together this series because again the cover is classic, and I I genuinely like this one. The thing that's always interesting to me about this is that Thompson's a good director, so the film is yeah. well constructed. Even though sometimes the, the script just doesn't make any sense because it's yeah. purposefully it's purposely keeping you in the dark about what you know what's happening and and we're unsure we have unreliable narrators in in this movie but what i what right at the very beginning when um bernadette i think it's bernadette or bernadette uh, bernadette's the first victim when she's being stalked it's you see she's being stalked by someone wearing black leather gloves and wielding a straight razor it's and it's like giallo. it's very giallo, very giallo. And, but and now if i tell you the story of this movie and if I say, okay, it's a movie about a bunch of really popular kids at an exclusive school, and they're slowly being killed one by one by a killer we don't see their face, and they're always wearing black gloves, and they wield various weapons, and the kills are very creative. And the story is that our heroine had a traumatic event and suffered a brain injury, and they did an experimental surgery on her, and now she thinks she's the killer. But there's a big twist at the end. If I tell you that, you're going to say, Luke, that sounds like an Italian giallo film. And it's like because of the the, 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 the convoluted nature of it, the fact that it has, you know, uh, uh, the, the unreliable narrator. We were not sure what the, you know, the, the, the main character is not sure what role they're playing. Uh, there's there's the, the visual style of it. But it's not. It's, it's a North American giallo. As I said, this was made in Canada. Parts of it were shot across the border in uh, upstate New York. Nice. And, and so it has that definite, it, it, it has, like I said, a, a North American 1980 slasher film to it, 
but it, you know, but it visually looks different, and that always made it stand out to me. You know what it made me feel like was a Brian De Palma movie or something like an er, yeah. like a because kind of that 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 Lyle, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Well, it just sort of had um, unlike most slasher movies, a, a, a lot of slasher. It had more of a sheen of a mainstream movie to it, you know. Right. It, you know what? This is a weird. Hang with me on this, but I think this movie is in a lot of ways like the black hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas it's it's like a a bigger production sort of production value by a studio version of the late like the slasher craze and the black hole was during the Star Wars craze, and it has more of a look. It it, it more than like. The slashers of the time, it reminds me of older, you know, more Hitchcockian mm-hmm. sort of style. Yeah. Right. But but still but being a slasher movie. So it's almost like it's almost like kind of a square slasher movie, although it's pretty unhinged yeah. story wise, which is what made it feel De Palma like for me. Right. And that and said and saying uh, De Palma, I was gonna say, like Hitchcock, which also are mm-hmm. harkens back to Giallo. You know, right, that, right, that type of, right. of artur-style filmmaking. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, that's it. it. It does, I, I've always enjoyed it because to me it, it stands out just because it is weird, but it's also visually interesting and it keeps your attention because it goes in so many directions. Yeah. There's so many characters that are scumbags in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then when you find out, oh, they're all the rich kids and you're like, oh, now I see why they're all scumbags. Now I hate them even more. I hate them even more. Damn you. <laughs> it's 2020 <laughs> after all but though yeah so it, it's it's this this was this was this one was interesting as just as kind of a change of pace even though it's still a slasher it still fits in the other kind of odd movies we yeah it's with. weird it's it, it is like and it's because of the time frame too it is like that uh, transitional film between the hitchcocks and the giallos to the carpenter slash friday the 13th vein because how many times do they drop the oh it's you yeah. In this. And they, yeah. that's that's Friday the thirteenth right there. Or or even right at the beginning with Bernadette, you talk about John Carpenter. Yeah. Uh, she's grabbed from behind from the back seat of her car and strangled. Yeah. Now that of course now when that happens in Halloween, it's it's a quick scare and it's over very quickly. Whereas here it it's it's the start of a set piece. Which yeah. also made me think of a Giallo, where it's not neat. It starts you off by putting you on edge almost immediately. Yeah, and you know, and and they have a uh, characters react in ways that don't necessarily make sense because they're not acting rationally. Yeah, you know, she she <laughs> she stops twice and you know weakly says help me. You know, instead of running back, she's in a popula- a relatively populated area. She's not that far from her, her dormitory. She could run and get help, but again, because of the 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 demands of the set piece, she has yeah. to get stalked and then get the. Uh, Get razor bladed, which is a cool effect. I do like. Yeah, that. the effects are pretty damn good in this. Yeah. Let you know what uh, what tipped me off that you know it, to me is like the ultimate sign that this is not. Um, they they they're try, they they don't hide the fact that this is set in Canada, but you know what like the dead giveaway was to me. What was the dead giveaway? Uh, they had cheerleaders at a soccer match. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like in uh, what do you call? It? That was like in. Uh, um, uh, uh, um, 
Oh, we're, bitch. everybody um, is at the track meet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. the entire school goes to the track meet. That it's slaughter high. high. I, yeah, I like that's how you know this is fake. The whole everyone yeah. at the track. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> like I'm like, what high schools are these? So um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, real quick, I just want to throw this out because I knew I, I had look. I, I knew I'd find it here. I look. Um, so a lot of, remember I said they, they did all the print ads and stuff and they had like sent them out without them agreeing on it and stuff. And most of them, again, feature the guy getting impaled with the skewer of meat and vegetables, right? Uh, A lot of the posters, the slogan underneath it says, John will never eat shish kebab again. The problem is there's no one in the movie named John. So, uh, yeah, like little details just didn't matter. They just like, and that's, yeah, well, there's a similar one where. They have they, they it, it's it, it, they had a uh, I don't know if it was the same one sheet or it just said John will never ride ride his motorcycle again. Right. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. they can't. It's like oh they couldn't put Etienne that they that might tip off that maybe this isn't an American movie if you have a character named yeah, Etienne. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and let, let me and let John. me speak on let me speak on poor Etienne. Now down here in South Carolina, the name Etienne means something different right now. Yeah, he's running like, back. Yeah, you say like, Etienne. Like, praise be his name. But. Yeah. Um, that that dude that dude ain't fast. He's sudden. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. But anyway, Etienne well, he's in this, fast, in this dude. Movie. He's <laughs> no, but I'm saying he he goes beyond mere fast. Yeah. But anyway, um, the only Etienne I know is is Gung Ho from GI Joe. So. There you go. I love one day. I love him. I don't do I have a gun. I don't have a Gung Ho on my desk. I'm sorry. What? But, uh, no, my my Gung Hos are all in the bonus room. I got you, all my. You gung-hos. have the dress the dress blues. I have my dress blues from when yes. from a when I got him when I was seven. Yeah. I love that yeah. figure. That is one of my great, great figure. I got him and Crockmaster at the same time. So those two go together. The most military figure and the least military figure. That's why G.I. Joe is awesome. Except maybe like like Raptor or Crystal Ball. But, uh, and, or Big Boa. I'm naming all Cobras, you notice that? But anyway. Yes. Um, so, but, um, no, but so Etienne, Etienne's death is another good example. And it's, a, it's really cool. So he's working on his motorcycle after his motocross race where he's a, a jerk. To Virginia, yep. after creeping in her in her room the night before, and it's like, okay, I want this guy to die, right? And you know, he he's violating. I've talked about this before. He's violating basic health and safety uh, <laughs> protocol, right? When any time that you're working with rotating equipment, you don't wear yeah. loose clothes, you tie back long hair, you don't wear jewelry. What's he got on? A scarf. A it's scarf. Like a scarf. Yep. This dude deserves what he gets. Deserves, yeah, but with a name yeah. like Etienne, do you think he ever went to shop class? No. no. <laughs> yeah. no but he's Usually you go to motorcycle. shop class and your teacher's missing an ear and says, no, I'm missing this ear. I was wearing a scarf. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and that's that, you know. But, but, it being, but he is working on the, the bike. He must have some mechanical aptitude, you know. Mm. He's not well, just going he, around, not putting decals. It's his thing. It's <laughs> his thing, you know. What I'm saying is, but still, like, even the idea, like, huh, I think this might be a problem. Let's eh, go yeah. with it. I'm you sure know? it's okay. <laughs> I'm sure that if is, there was a problem, there would be a label. So well, you know what? And again, it's 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 one of these strange things is that um, working in industry like I do, stuff like that really hits me hard because it's like, yes, I I've never witnessed an accident like that, but I I can see the potential for it and I've seen yeah. the results of it. Oof. You know, that so getting with danger. That's what he was doing. Just shake hands with danger, man. That's oh, I, hey, trust me. I work in a union hall. I've watched the safety videos when they do the OSHA classes, just because they're like from the '70s and they're amazing. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, there. Don't, don't want to shake hands with masterpieces. Don't shake, yeah. Don't shake hands with danger. But uh, where did that train come from? The station. But uh, we we the, should do a vault on those horror movies someday. I know, right? That's, That's the most too real, thing man. Ever. Too real. The most stripped down horror movies you could ever watch. Yeah. It's like it's like Final Destination. This is the real Final Destination. Final right? Destination <laughs> minus all plot. It's, yeah. And I know that's not a lot. I get All that. right, all right. I will sa- I will sack up and watch all the versions of, of Red Asphalt with oh, you guys if we're wow. going to do that. Hell yeah. Oh. But, uh, or back, Sally's back Adventures in... Through the Windshield Glass. Yeah. <laughs> but back in, back in uh, leave your road wage where it belongs, at home. And so we'll... Uh, <laughs> Uh, back, back in the, the artificial world rather than the real world, I of guess. Canada. Yeah, <laughs> the artificial world of Canada. The the other th- okay, so wasn't there a what, Molson sign in the bar or something like that? I thought I said, like, dead giveaway. It's like <laughs> giant Molson sign. The guys the only drinking thing, beers yeah. are huge. So, uh, well, okay, so right at the beginning, they go to the the silent lady is the name of the bar, right? Which is yeah. uh, which I thought is funny because it, it, it the neon sign is a decapitated woman. Yeah, like, so that was hey. that was that was cute. I like that. But, so, so I'm watching <laughs> this like and slaughtered lamb. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so 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 we we watch the movie right. My wife and I are watching it, and then so right after the attack on on Bernadette, they're all the top ten are there at the the, the uh, silent lady, and um, uh, Virginia walks in, and she's wearing the gloves and she's got the scarf. And my wife just says, she goes, "Did the killer just walk in?" And it's like, <laughs> and no, but her, but. Okay, but she's never seen this movie. She's not a slasher fan. She's not a horror fan in general. But it was presented in such a way that it was clear that uh, we were shown the killer had on the black gloves, the killer had on the scarf. And now we immediately see that, oh, maybe she's the killer. But then you see, wait a minute, all of them are wearing black gloves. All of them are wearing the scarf. And it's like this, it's well constructed because now your mind starts thinking like, well, okay, maybe it, it would be too obvious for them to show it be Virginia. It gotta be, it's gotta be one of these other ones. But then it's like, you know, as the story unfolds and Virginia becomes convinced that she's the killer, you know, it, it really does kind of keep you thinking. Yeah. And, and it, it, I mean, again, and this movie for a, for a, for the vintage is long. It's an hour and 50 yeah. minutes, which is yeah, long. It is. For a it's very, yeah. But it, but it moves pretty well. It doesn't really bog down that often because if, again, it plays more like a, a bit more European in its approach. Yeah. <laughs> The um, for the funny part, so we're watching you know, Kelly, Kelly's watching. Now Kelly and I have, have obviously, obviously seen this before. Kelly has watched this with me before, but um, the problem is, is that I'm watching the movie and I totally was misremembering part. Like I remember the kills, but I'm like misremembering of them. Like wait, isn't this in this other? And I'm thinking it's in a different movie. I'm like no, no, it's got to be here. Like I misremembered some of the kills from this movie as being a different film. Like I was like I don't remember. It's not it's not Slaughter High, but I thought like. I'm trying to remember, like, what movie was this from? I thought it was from a different movie that was kind of the same thing. Um, but when they come in, so Kelly's starting to ask me questions. She's like, I feel like I've seen this. She's just asking me these questions. I'm like, I don't know right now. Let me think. Like, I'm like, I don't like, Woman, please. Like, <laughs> I, I, totally, I totally forgot that. I hadn't seen this probably since freshman year of high school. So that's like yeah. 27 years ago. So the problem so. was what I was doing, like, I mean, I totally, as soon as it happened, I'm like, oh, shit, yes. I remember it's going to happen. And I start remembering all things happening. But a couple of the kills, I'm like, wait isn't that in and i'm trying to think of what the other movie was and i was thinking it was it was the movie called redeemer but redeem because redeemer is another high school thing and i'm like no 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 redeemers and i'm thinking like no that's this one and 
wait, was that Mausoleum is another slaughter kind of, they're all these movies are very, very similar because they were all paced the exact same way. And that's one of the things that you see here. If you watch this or graduation day or April fool's day or any of them, if you watch the pacing in the movies, kills happen at a, almost the exact same point in the film. There's so many minutes between kills to maximize out. It became a formula. And this is one of the movies that helped set the formula. This, Prom Night, Friday the 13th, those are the movies that when you get to the later slasher movies and they literally time out the kills. <laughs> they, I think, like, and, and I'm not kidding. Like, like literally, graduation day, they go, well, we have to have a kill every seven and a half minutes, let's say. And they're like, why? Because that's what the formula says. And they formulaically made these movies. When you watch this, you're like, oh, they're following the formula. No, no, this is the formula. Yeah. Right, right. This, yeah, this, this was in, well, this was in production for Friday the 13th and yes. uh, before Prom Night. And it's like the two yeah. that it seems to be ripping off, it, it was in production beforehand. So it's one of those it's one of those parallel developments, you know, that, that was the it, overall. Isn't, isn't it funny that literally three movies that were being made at the exact same time by different people all yeah. use the almost the exact same formula of the kills being spread apart and what the thing was to be under I mean, this is blatantly honest and it might sound funny but a lot of what they said was um when they were studying when, when the people who like started making these making slasher movies because it was easy and cheap to make these slasher movies right at, later in the 80s what they looked at it was it was the same way that when you watched a porno when they would go to a porno theater they would have the climax of a scene and then it was so many minutes until the next one well what happened as soon as everyone hit that climax of the scene, but everyone in the theater would light up a cigarette, right? <laughs> and it was so many minutes until then. Well, when they're watching the horror movies, that the, the kill would happen. That's the climax. And then it was so many minutes until the next one. But the timing in those mirrored the timing in pornos. When, like, all you know, you go from climax based. to climax. All vice-based. <laughs> all based from cigarettes and sex. Yeah, but I'm saying, but isn't that kind of crazy you think about it? Because what is it? What is a, a slasher movie? Is nothing more than the idea. It's it's not it's not horror like we would see in Alien or we would see in like uh, you know any like like more psychological kind of stuff. The slasher movie really became so much like the the, the pornos that had come out where they, they were everything was formulaic and it happened so many minutes and the whole idea was that because you didn't want to have kill and then kill because you were not getting the same reaction you had to let the everyone get to the get to the climax the refractory come. phase you need that right. refractory yeah. period exactly. refractory period. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's so funny that this is one of the movies that was being made at the same time with friday the 13th and prom night that literally set that out well hey, they had to come a, from somewhere it was right. a it was a post deep throat and behind the green door world man yeah absolutely <laughs> And, and, you know, it, it really was. And that's, and it's, and, you know, you, you, you say that in the porno context, but it was a post deep throat world politically also that was driving, yeah. you know, yeah. that was some of this crap too. The, the, I mean, you talk about the, I said to some wife, I said that, that this is when they were codifying that, those tropes. I said, look at when I mentioned this before, when Etienne is creeping on Virginia. Okay. Mm -hmm. I said, they're setting her up as a final girl in early format of that. We see her in peril. We see her being menaced, but when she gets undressed, we don't see her breasts. She right. wears her bra the entire time. We, now we see her, we see her underwear because she takes it off, and then Etienne uh, takes it, but we don't see her naked. And so it says, "Oh, she must be the heroine." If we're not going to see her naked, we're going to see her in a state of undress, but she's not naked. She must be the heroine. And then it, but then of course in this film, it's like, "Oh well, maybe she's the killer." 
You know, yeah. so it it kind of kind of puts it on on head a little well, bit. Well, well, not seeing her naked and her being the last girl, also you feel that way because she's the highest paid actress, and you know well, she's yeah. like the recognizable <laughs> face. She's, so it's like she's the Carolyn Monroe of this outfit, you know. Yeah. Right, except <laughs> except her 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 reputation before this is is what Mary was it Mary she was the older sister, right? And yeah, she's the older sister. Well, and that was her thing. And the thing is, she was still technically, and they were still in the process of filming when she took time off to do this and they couldn't take a chance at having you know uh uh mary ingles with her breast exposed in a movie like that would have been that that even she made a horror movie follow up to that would be what breasts (laughs) <laughs> the pro- the thing is though but like to, to be to have her in like n- nude in a movie to even do a horror movie at this time she was so identifiable by her role on tv now of course um you know i mean she's i mean she's there and if you watch little house in the prairie okay whatever and then you know the the whole thing is but there was such you gotta i mean think about this too in the late, in the mid to late seventies, TV was way more. Important. I mean, nowadays. Well, that's TV, what I'm saying. Like, it would be good for the movie for her to have her breasts in there because everybody yeah. wants to go see Mary's boobs, but it wouldn't yeah, be good for TV. Good for, right, and the TV money was really driving that because that's what she was. I mean, it's not like you're saying like Jamie Lee Curtis. You didn't see you didn't see her you know her naked until what trading places I don't know where, where when did she eventually get yeah, naked trading places kind of trading yeah. places right um, but at that point she had already made enough movies and she was already you know a, a, like becoming a regular you know Hollywood kind of you know a, a star but you but her originally like you know being a teenager there you know in in well quote unquote teenagers they were you know kind of thing in halloween she was the one who was pure and that's what that's what was so important that was setting forth the idea that she was you know absolutely like you know that, that you know she's she's doing the right thing the whole time and that's how she's able to beat the embodiment of evil there in michael myers the the but doing it here I mean, again, it, this is definitely her agent going, whatever you do, do not get naked on camera. You can forget your – because, you, I mean, the role on Little House on the Prairie – I mean, Little House on the Prairie is like the Waltons. It ran freaking forever. Yeah. Right? Nothing ever happens, and it runs forever. Everyone's always dying in the plague and dissidents and whatever. And, <laughs> oh, no, and, you know, uh, you know, let's raise a bond and fuck, you know, kind of thing. Like, whatever. Like, <laughs> so, uh, I remember, remember that episode where he said, let's raise a bond and fuck on – <laughs> classic, classic moment for sense memory for kids in the 80s, man. <laughs> that would have been awesome, by the way. No, what I'm saying is, like, so it's it's hard to the to, to, to be looking at hearing, and it, like Luke said, it's setting her up to be the final girl. She's the one, but now maybe she's the killer. But this, like, so you're getting a lot of mixed messages, and the problem is, as good as Jay Lee was as the director. Um, John, it's, and it says John Saxton, and I thought like, it can't be yeah. John. It's not the John Saxton. No, it's a different John Saxton. Well, it's John it's Saxton. John C W. Jackson Saxton, right? <laughs> doing doing the 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 the, the, um, the story, like it leaves a lot to be desired. And when we get to the end of this thing, you'll understand. Like what? That's exactly mm-hmm. everyone's response the first time they see this movie because it, it it's not it's not like a, a regular giallo. And in any, in a lot of giallos, you find out who the killer is literally within the first five minutes of the movie. You can know who the killer is, but you don't know you know who the killer is. Right? That sound about right, Luke? Yeah, yeah I'd say that. Yeah, you have right? you have the information you need. You just may you not just don't know, know how to put them together. 
Yeah, you're not going to see it till after, usually after yeah. it's over, too. You know, and yeah. then you go, oh, of course, that guy. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, literally in Deep Red, they show you the killer, but you don't know you're seeing the killer because you have to know to look, but in the mirror, right, or something like right, that. Right, you got to look in the, the mirror in the hallway, yeah. Right, the mirror in the hallway, which is not the focal point of the scene at all. And then when you know to look there and you go back and watch it, and you're like, holy shit, they just showed us the killer. Like, right, <laughs> so, you know, like, it's... It, this movie doesn't do that, though. <laughs> They're like, well, let's just kind of meander down this road a little bit and see what happens, you know? And then let's all dig in the flowers and shit like that, you know, kind of thing. Well, well, it, it, well you did it, but uh, you know what? It, it is odd because the, of, of all the Giallo, and we watched a bunch, unfortunately, before you were on the show, Jay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we watched quite a bit of Giallo. But you've seen all the ones we talked about. I've seen them all. Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. So. The one that this reminded me the most of was Tenebrae. Yes. Because Tenebrae deals with a a our main character who has a traumatic event in their past that is influencing their present, and we get f repeated flashbacks to it. You know? So, uh, like, you know, uh, what's his name? It's uh, uh, Peter Neal is the author yeah. in Tenebrae, and we repeatedly see flashbacks to his traumatic event. We see the same thing here with Virginia. And then by the end... You know, we our, our entire premise of who the killer was changes because of a assumption that's made. And so it reminded me about a Tenebrae. And again, this predates Tenebrae by two years. So the Giallo yeah. that it's ripping off, it predates, you know. <laughs> so um, one of the things we mentioned, Luke's mentioning the flashbacks. I wanted to mention this. Um, so the brain surgeries that you see in there, right? Yeah. So they actually brought an actual brain surgeon in, a real life brain surgeon to do brain surgery on a fake brain. I was going to nice. say, do brains really throb like that during surgery? Because yes. I just... Mine does. No. <laughs> so they really brought in a real neurosurgeon to do a, a fake brain surgery. And the, the whole reason they did that was they wanted to make it as authentic looking as possible, which it does look pretty authentic, yeah. uh, you know, kind of thing. Cool. <laughs> um, it's actually funny that this... Um, uh, was it Columbia, right? They put this out, yeah. right? It was yeah. the... The second time I'm trying to find what the other movie was. This is the second time that they actually had a a brain surgery featured in an actual brain surgery featured in one of their movies. Now this one, obviously, you know, kind of thing to to show uh, the Virginia's accident and stuff like that. And and they, they flash back to that thing, you know, a number of times. Um, I'm trying to find what the other one was. I just I just had it. I, I missed it. Um, Oh, here it is. So the first one, okay, so this is the second picture released by Columbia featuring a graphic brain surgery sequence. The first one was Paul Verhoeven's Turkish Delights in 73. Oh, my gosh. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Could we get any further from where we are right now uh, than yeah, Paul Verhoeven's cool. Turkish Delights in 73? Yeah. Um, but it's <laughs> funny because, like, you look at this and you're like, okay, like, I don't know. I've never seen brain surgery, like, done. It, it looks real. Yeah, and then you good. realize that, yeah, yeah, it looks really real because this is they made it as realistic as possible. They totally could have gone like more campy with it, but I think that shows what like what's trying to set this movie apart from being just, hey, let's make a quick buck off of this thing. This was like, let's make this look as good as possible. Guys. They were let's like, hey man, we, we might have brain surgeons in the audience. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We don't well, want to get judged by that. Can't that down. Yeah. And you know, it, when you look at um, the stuff around the film, you talked about the one sheet and stuff, but even mm -hmm. the marketing, 
there's yeah. uh, the Wikipedia article goes into great detail on this because um, Columbia got into uh, so the film was being the film was being produced but uh, was being made in Canada. Columbia bought it the same way that Paramount bought Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, and 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 released it, and Columbia saw the success of these and said we could really have something here. And the the logic was that you know there was all these after Halloween, all these themed um, slasher movies were coming and go were coming. You know, like besides yeah. Friday the Thirteenth, we got like New Year's Evil, we got Mother's Day, Graduation Day, Prom Night. They got all these ones based around holidays or uh, events. And um, you know they, the the theory was. Uh, the two um, the two producers John Dunning and Andre Link, they said everybody has a birthday. Yep. So happy birthday to me. That could apply to everyone. Everyone has a birthday, and so that was their theme. And so Columbia put a huge, a huge amount, huge, huge, huge. tracts of land, uh, a huge <laughs> amount of promotion behind this film. They did lots of TV spots. They did print ads. They sent out kits to local DJs to have them to, to suggest promotions and, and contests they could run. They sent promotion kits to theaters suggesting uh, like in lobby stuff they could do and different promotions they could do. Columbia really thought they could have the next Friday the 13th, you know, the next thing that could become a huge, uh, you know, groundswell hit for them. It didn't really work out, but I think it's really telling that Columbia, a major studio, saw this and reacted and went whole hog on it. And so they're, they're obviously someone at Columbia saw this and saw, Hey, this is pretty good quality. This isn't just schlock and right. we could yeah. really put some money behind it. Now, again, like I said, it didn't really work out, but I, you know, again, there's, there's, it, it holds up well, even though it's kind of a, kind of a cult film mostly now, I don't, I don't think any uh, mainstream viewers are real familiar with, Oh yeah, happy birthday to me. Yeah, it's like no, most that's probably not going to be happening. No, They're, you know they, they might be thinking of a different. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, the problem, is, not a problem, but is because uh, it's this didn't spawn a franchise. Obviously, like there's no sequels to kind of be like. See, most people when they think like, oh, slash movie, like Friday the Thirteenth, like because Friday the Thirteenth, even if you've never seen any of them, you kind of know what Friday the Thirteenth are. You know, kind of thing. You kind of it's. It stands in. It's 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 like the it's like the you know calling something Kleenex instead of tissue. You know, kind of thing. Like it's gonna stand. It's, it's the brand that stands in for the what yeah. it means. You know, um, but that's but you know people like it, it, Luke and I uh, you know have um, talked about this when we talk about King Kong or Godzilla. Like King Kong and Godzilla are ideas like Dracula, Frankenstein. Those ideas are bigger than uh, you know a character on a screen. Friday the Thirteenth as a name is bigger than the series of movies. I mean, right. whether you've ever seen them or not, it's like the hockey mask. It the hockey mask is bigger than you know, whether you've seen a movie or not. Oh, guy in a hockey mask. Oh, that's like you know, it's a killer. You know, that's a killer. Why? Because it shows up freaking everywhere. Right. I mean, you know, wasn't that that was a slaughter high, right? When they make the joke, yeah. right? About you know, kind of. It's 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 the thing is that this movie doesn't have any of that stuff in it. It doesn't have. I mean, you don't, no, you don't it's, have it's, anything. It's made more like a Jallo or a De Palma yeah, or a Hitchcock right. film where it's self-contained, you know. Right. Yeah. It's not looking to go beyond. There's no. There's no Freddy Krueger. There's no. You know. Whatever. There's no breakout. Right. You know. Yeah. Marketable character here. Yeah. I was going to say. Then the ending itself. Yeah. Not. Not even the twist, but the very end of the film what is. What a twist! <laughs> is so well. But we might as well freaking talk about it. Okay. So. Okay. So the whole yeah. point of this. Okay, we don't know who the killer is. Virginia. <laughs> becomes convinced that she's the killer 
because she she can't remember things that are happening. People that she are with end up getting hurt or missing. She she is convinced that she's the killer, and she's slowly remembering all the things that led up to her having. She she remembers the surgery, then she remembers an accident with her mother that that led to it. Then she remembers what led to that accident, the her birthday party where all of the richest kids in town were invited by her mom, and none of them showed up because Anne her supposed best friend, had a party on the same night and invited everyone, and there was this confrontation with her mom and uh, the, the patriarch of this other family, and her mom was all upset and drove off the bridge and then, you know, led to her getting hit by the, uh, the tugboat and needing to... Uh, I guess it's not a tugboat, it's whatever the cargo <laughs> ship is that's going in there, getting hit and needing to break her. Right oh. uh, but, so the end, they, they go to the cabin and it's it's the it's the um, the dad goes to the cabin and sees all the dead kids because all the kids that were killed were the ones that that screwed Virginia's party and the the mother uh, the body of the mother has been dug up Ugh. and it's like it's this beautiful horrific tableau yeah. of all them around the the yeah. birthday party with around the table and the dad sits down and uh, Virginia puts the party hat on his head which is just perfect. Yeah, and and it, it's it's this really great. You're like, holy shit, she really is the killer. She's lost her goddamn mind, and she doesn't even know it. And she's 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 killed all this. Well, also we've seen her. We saw her put the skewer in the guy's mouth. You yeah. know, yeah. we watched and it we, happen. And we so, saw yeah. her stab the hedge clippers into yeah. in Alfred's belly. Very yeah. amusing as well when she is when she is pruning the uh, the growth <laughs> on her mother's headstone. My wife says, and this this is a shoot. Those are some really fancy hedge clippers. She goes, the better to stab you with. And I, yeah. <laughs> I said, I have no comment. I said nothing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we see all oh. this. And it's like, okay, so they really did it. They made the final girl the killer. Except when the Virginia starts saying, oh, we ruined your party, your party, your party. Starts saying it to Anne. It's like, yeah. Anne's party wasn't ruined. And she starts calling her sister. Yeah. Well, well, sister. And it's like, this is before that was like a name you just call another girl. Mm. You know? uh, it's not like Black Christmas where they remade it as a, a yeah. African-American film. but yeah. uh, Oh, literal. Yeah, Black Christmas. Yeah. Black Christmas. But, uh, and, and so, and so they, they drag Anne. So Anne, of all the bodies, Anne was face down. And we talked about, it wasn't Anne. It's Virginia. And Virginia has got some Mission Impossible stuff going on where she's got a appliance on her face to make her look more like Virginia and everyone she killed she was hidden from view or they were in an altered state or she disguised herself so that they it and every time she um uses some movie ether on Virginia <laughs> yeah. takes her place and kills these people and did all of this because she and uh she and Virginia are half sisters her dad had an affair with Virginia's mom and Anne's mom never forgave uh, the dad and so left them and ruined Anne's life. And this has all been a protracted revenge plot. And again, I tell you that ending, you tell me that doesn't sound like something you'd okay. see in a giallo. So yeah. wait, 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 yeah. here's the best part. The actual ending of the movie was supposed to be Virginia's the killer. Yes. But that was the original ending. And they said, oh, I don't know about this. Well, she was supposed right, that, to be possessed by the spirit of her dead mother. 
Yes. Was that was supposedly the, that, supposedly that's, that's what the original ending was. Yeah. So the end that was the ending. That was the ending it, that they had. That she was yeah. possessed by the spirit of her dead mother, and then the mother was supposed to be speaking. And at, at that point, Virginia, Virginia was voice was going to be the mother's voice speaking, and it was. And they said this this makes no sense. Yeah. So what they did <laughs> yep. was on. The, so they had to bring in because uh, they had finished filming. And they had to bring people back in to reshoot some of the stuff. And they're like, okay, we got to come up with something. And that's what they came up with. Somebody right? raised their hand and said, I was watching Scooby-Doo yesterday. What if we pull a mask <laughs> exactly. off somebody? It's this Scooby-Doo ending. And yeah. here's the problem. Kelly's watching this and Kelly goes, holy shit, she's freaking nuts. Like, literally, Kelly goes, she's nuts. I go, it ain't over yet, Kelly. We got another five minutes. It's she over. Goes, <laughs> she goes, what is going to happen? And she pulls the mask and she goes, what? Like, she literally is like, how... Like she goes, how did she have a mask that's that good? I mean, because it's like, oh, Kelly, because it's not a mask. It's really fucking her face. She goes, yeah, but how would you not know it's a mask? Go, well, remember, Kel, the scene where there's clearly, it's clearly the person's head, you know, decapitated head. Oh, no, it's yeah. fake. Because when the lights are off, it's perfect. The lights are on. It's perfect. Oh, no, it's not. You go back. It doesn't look anything like it. Like, you know, kind of thing. It's not well, like you're yeah. saying, it's, it's not like you're saying the hands. It's not, it's not like like it's supposed to be Betsy Palmer's grabbing for her head and it has the hair on the knuckles because Tasso is a, a you know a, a man not a woman it's right a man baby it's, it's a man <laughs> baby right the problem is it's like there's no possible way we ha we you have to suspend belief so much that right. she could do this right. and I'm like okay yeah. I get it I get that's what you're going for you could have just said let's get rid of the possessed part. And she's just insane because of the brain surgery. She's just crazy because she has yeah. a brain that throbs like a balloon. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, but you know, but they, but they were trying for a twist, you know, because that—that's well, the story that we've been. You know what I'm saying, but the idea that. Well, it's a twist. Virginia, no, but I mean, even with the possession angle. Okay. Yeah. The the story that yeah. we're being led to believe is Virginia's the killer because of the unpredictable of the procedure. In fact, she calls it an experiment, which is even even creepier. That she okay. was put on, that she was subjected to, and so for that to be the ending doesn't provide any twist at all. At least the possession would be in a film where everything is about is something about science, right? It's a right, scientific right. procedure. To have a supernatural aspect would be a big twist. What I, mean, I honestly, like, if, if they had gone with the possession angle, this movie would have sucked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. because like, I, I really I this movie, yeah. the possession thing would have been like and uh, punch in the nut. Yeah. That's nope. You know, nope. kind of thing. I mean, I'm not talking Exorcist too bad, but I'm saying like pretty fucking bad. So, now, so <laughs> the thing also, and again, I, I mentioned Tenebrae. You know, in Tenebrae, they make a point of of talking about Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. When you eliminate the impossible, whatever is left, however improbable, must be the truth. Yeah. Is this is this impossible? No. Is it improbable? Yes. yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. twelve milkmen, though unlikely, is possible. <laughs> 13, however, but <laughs> there's a movie we need to cover at some point, but that's, that's, I'll leave that. That's a horse of a different color. Damn buttered popcorn. Damn buttered popcorn. <laughs> Ridiculous. Just because a guy doesn't like macaroons, but the, uh, <laughs> you like cheese? Do you like being a man? <laughs> Sorry, guys. But, but the, I'm gonna piss my pants. But, <laughs> so, okay, so we have this twist, and it's Anne is the killer that's done this whole thing to get revenge on Virginia, and she's gonna kill Virginia, make it look like suicide. She says it's gonna be murder and suicide. But Virginia comes to, 
and they fight, and she stabs Anne. And so now it's Virginia standing over Anne's body, and all and her dead father, and all the other all her classmates, and in walks the chief detective. What did you do? Right. Who now is like Anne is the one who's been killing all them, but yet looking like Virginia the whole time. So literally the movie then gives you what a twist again, because now she's going to get fucked. Right. But it's but it's it's amazing that even even though the Virginia managed to thwart Anne, Anne still wins. Yeah. And yeah. gets what she wants. She gets revenge on Virginia, and Virginia's gonna have. I mean, she's gonna either spend her life in a, a probably spend her life in an insane asylum. And Anne died relatively quickly, and obviously she was willing to to risk everything to do this. But so it's like it that ending alone, you can't really. It's not even like Sleepaway Camp where they take the ending and they take it a different direction. They get a new actress. They just have the killer be openly female. Um, you know, say she got a sex change like they do in the, the first couple of sequels here. It's like, you can't go with anywhere with this, you yeah, know, yeah. you can't, it's like, it's, it's one of those. It's like, wait, what? And it's then we've wonder. got, yeah, you go right to the, the end credits, right to the really creepy song. Uh, and, and, and I think that's the girl that used to they'd go out with Prince, I think sings the song. Right. But, yeah, uh, I think so. But, yeah. and then it's like, it's like, whoa, they, they really, they really swerved you because it, it really comes out of nowhere. And it's then swerve, she, bro. it's swerved, bro. It's all good. But yeah. So that, like I said, that, that ending again, not really well known, just be outside of the circles that this film is already known, but it's a, it's really kind of a great ending and it's so bizarre and so inane, but it just really works. At least it does for me. Yeah. Oh no. I think the end of the movies. I mean, I, I like, I like it way better than the possession one. If I had never known what there was, it was, it was not this. I'm like, okay, this kind of seems weird. But the possession angle would have been horrible. But to have Anne still win at the end, you're like, fuck. Like the the yeah. rich kid still gets it. Like, god mm-hmm. damn it. You know, kind of thing. The it rich just, kids still win. Yeah. Yeah. God Especially damn. since half. I mean, and half the rich kids escape any, any, uh, any sanction at all. Yeah. You know, because the ones that weren't originally invited to the party don't get killed. Even Rudy, who we get teased as being killed, he shows up alive and then he's fine. He mm. doesn't. He's not killed later on in the film. So, yeah. it's, it, like I said, it, it's it's. I I've I was this this series that we've done has really played out pretty much as I was really hoping it was. Is that we are all familiar with these films. We've all seen them. We all know them. We see the you know we we see the. Uh, the 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 post the VHS poster or whatever and like oh yeah that's a I remember that that's the one with the shish kebab and you know the uh, yeah, the yeah, guy yeah. getting the guy getting getting a getting a uh, a weight dropped on his nuts oh you know? god that was <laughs> oh that I felt every second of that oh god forget <laughs> and, about and, the the crushing weight it's just the 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 the, the ten pound weight on the nuts it's like I know that. Like, but couldn't you just dump the bar, you know? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Yeah. Okay, so so Kelly said to me, she goes, wait, couldn't you just dump the bar? And I'm like, yes, that's what you should do is dump the bar. But, you know, I guess he was... We've established that that guy's not real bright, though. No. You know, he's Uh, him him and the athlete... No, no. No, him and and the athlete from Slaughter High, they'd get along well. They're not, you know... Yeah, they're not 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 super bright. bright. You're not real good at this, huh? So, yeah. how about a nice Hawaiian punch? Yeah, here you go. You're not good at this, are you? No, no, I'm yeah. not. 
Now, what, what I think is great is that if you want to watch this, it's pretty easy to get a hold of now on, not a VHS, but Mill Creek re-released this film in 2018 on the on Blu-ray with a VHS slipcover. Nice. So uh, I'm sure you guys have probably seen these. They, at least they do on my Facebook feed. They advertise these constantly. The, the Mill Creek released a series of these 80s movies, and not just horror movies, but like Hard Bodies and with a few other... Oh, uh, Hard Bodies. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. good. The, um, uh, where, where they have the, the, the slip cover to the, VA, to the Blu-ray looks like the, the VHS has been like sliding out of the case, out of the yep. uh, sleeve. And really? it, is, it is the definition of bare bones. There's not even a menu. Yes. The, you One of those plug-in plays? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, 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 no trailers, just plays it. I said, holy crap, that's something. Because we had been watching a movie with the kids earlier, and there was like 20 minutes of trailers before oh, the damn God, yeah. DVD menu. Well, do you like, remember when, the, when DVD first hit? There wasn't any bull crap. It was literally, no. it's either the movie starts playing, or it's, here's your basic menu. Go. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, but in any event, yeah. So you can get that. That's available on uh, Amazon. That's like what? What'd you say, Jay? Like about twelve bucks or something like that. Yeah, now? no, it's cheap. Yeah, it's. Um, it dep- again, uh, it's even cheaper than that. I think it was like eight bucks, right? When I sent it, I sent you a copy, right? Is that the right? Yeah. yeah. I think it was. The thing is, you buy those things cheap. I mean, at Walmart, they're just in their dumping. They're five bucks there. Like, yeah, I mean, you can, yeah, you, you can find them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're but. super easy to find. Um, but it also, I mean, uh, the thing with uh, you know, there was. Um, so, I mean, to me, that would be the, I mean, that's to me well worth, uh, the, you know, the, if you're going to pick one up, you know what I'm saying? Um, but they also had, um, the regular DVD and stuff, but those things tend to run way more money, uh, for some reason, like the, the old DVDs and stuff they had put out. Um, if you're looking to get those, you're going to probably pay paying more on the, unless you have to have it on DVD, you're going to pay more for the DVD than you will the Blu-ray. Right. Yeah. You know what I think? You know, so. I mean, the Blu-ray is $8.99. I'm, 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 I just popped on Amazon right now, $8.99 on Blu-ray, and that's like, that's the that's full price. That's not even like you know cheaper. You get it cheaper than that, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But like like Luke was saying, they made they put out like when a stranger calls. It was it's part of their retro VHS line. Yeah. Silent Rage, Hard Bodies, The New Kids. You know, Who's Harry Crumb? You know, movies like that. <laughs> um, you know, I'm a black belt Nikito. And the boots to match. Match. And the boots to match. <laughs> oh my god, I love that movie was different than this. But I'm saying, but they made a whole bunch of things like that. And um, to me, those uh, this movie's perfect for that. It this is such a VHS kind of movie. You know what I'm saying? Like like those movies I just named, like literally, if you think about it, like those are kind of like, you know, old mom and pop video store, and that's what this looks like. It's got the yeah. The, the fake stickers and whatever, you know, um, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's yeah, I mean, just, hard, this I mean, is how it's of, of the, of that line. And th- this is an absolute shoot. And you guys know, I love VHS in general. And I, I specialize in like horror and genre stuff that covered a hard bodies. I have seen in so many video stores, yep. the <laughs> name written in script with the suntan lotion. I, yeah. I mean, it's like that, that is to me, iconic of the eighties has nothing to do with anything we're talking about. But it's like that's the power of VHS right there. Yeah, right? every everything about that only could have happened in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it, well, you know, this, have you seen the movie, like, Chris? Yes. Oh, I, yes. oh I, mean, I have. I've seen it. It is. It is what we would. I mean, uh, Chris Hero, you tell me. Is that not what we'd now call problematic? <laughs> um, not you for can me. tell. 
Dude, as soon as not you said, you, no. <laughs> as soon as you said the title was spelled out in in suntan lotion, I knew we had a problem there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, they did. Um, uh, what was the other one? Um, Sheena, uh, like uh, with with Queen of the Jungle you know, or Queen of the Jungle or whatever that thing was called, right? With Tanya Roberts, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. But that's PG. That's not like even R rated. Um, yeah. But um, and what's the other one? Oh, the Legend of Billy Jean or something. Like, there's a bunch of them. That you're yes. like these. Like, they're completely. And then they did. But then they did those. Then they did a '90 series. And I got the one with uh, what's it? With Dennis Rodman, and what is it? Double double team, impact. Double, double, double impact. Double impact. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, I remember this too. Like, these movies are super cheap because Mill Creek does not, you know, rape you on price. I mean, they're trying to get. You know, they got movies. They got them for cheap. We're gonna give them to you for cheap, and they're enjoyable. Now, is this going to change your life? Is this like, oh my God, this is like Parasite that won the Academy Award yeah. and jerk it off, bop, bop, bop. Who gives a fuck, right? <laughs> These movies are literally what you're going to actually enjoy. Like, if you had remember to that episode down... of Little House in the Prairie where they said, oh my God, jerk it off, pop, pop, pop. Yeah. Classic TV moment. <laughs> I still got my T-shirt from that from the '80s. <laughs> I'm just saying, these movies—they're not—they're not the highest level. It's like. It's like you're not sitting there going, wow, this movie is going to literally like speak to me and change my life. No, you're supposed to have fun with them. It's like, no, but it's as, like, oh, as Luke wow. always says, it does what it says on the tin. A guy yeah. gets shoved a, a shish kebab through his face. I mean, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a birthday involved. Yeah, yeah there you so, go. Yeah. Uh, I'm just God. saying. Good, good times, great memories. Memories. <laughs> Oh, they're just—I mean—they're just fun times. And you know what, though, guys? Like we, as Luke said, you know, this is readily available. You can get your hands on this. Um, well worth the time to watch. If you've never seen it, uh, go in with an open mind. Don't go in like—I mean, if you have ever seen it, you just listen to this. We just ruined the ending yeah, for you. Yeah, that doesn't—it doesn't matter. Grab no, this. Enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Grab yeah. this in the Hitchcock movie and an Italian giallo and and make a day out of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, the, it's salad, kind of the yeah. perfect thing. Yeah. And, so and, you get, do, and, get a... and you can do cuisine for yeah. each movie. How about right. this? Twin, twins by Brian De Palma. De Palma. Yeah, you get Twins by De Palma, mm. maybe Tenebrae by Dario Argento, and then the, and then and then this one. And what you do is you get uh, you know you get some red wine for Argento. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, you get it. You get a case of Molson or some yeah. Labatt's maybe. You know, if you want to go. <laughs> and then when you're really wasted, you top it all off with the incredible two-headed transplant. <laughs> I found it. It's double team. Van double Dam, team. Rodman and yeah. Rooney. And Mickey double, Rourke. Double impacts is the one where he's a twin. Yeah. yeah. Double, yes, it's that's been, right. Double impacts. Van Dam, Rodman, Rourke. Oh my God. That's a yeah, great Jesus. movie. There's a fight with a tiger in it in a coliseum. So <laughs> I, you can see it. Dude, I pre-ordered that shit when that was coming out. I'm like, I gotta get that. <laughs> Double impact where he has this. I mean, it's well, I'm yeah. a big lock Van Damme mark. So yeah. lock that up right there. Lock that up. <laughs> oh my god, we are off the track. So, yes, we are. Um, yeah. So, so hope folks again. Like we said, we hope you enjoyed this because it is a lot. It's you know, we had a lot of fun laughing the whole time talking about this and stuff. It's it's really good. And, it, it, and if you if you didn't, okay. So I'm gonna be honest with you. If you don't know about, if you were too young to kind of live through the the, the slasher kind of craze, like we, we we lived through it. We saw a lot of these things, and then we caught up on ones that we had missed when we were. If you're too young to ever live through that. Um, do it. Do yourself a favor and go back and watch these. Don't just like, oh, I heard about. No, no, go watch them because yeah. they start appreciating it. And then track down the documentary called "Going to Pieces." 
There's also a book. Read the book, too. But I know, read a book. It's hard for you sometimes. But, you know, go read a fucking book. Right? <laughs> Shit, man. This is, this is what fucking teaching, like, on, I don't have to wear pants and teach anymore. This is great. You know, kind of thing. Um, the, the idea is, like, so they watch the documentary about it, too. But watch the movies and then watch the documentary. And it talks about all the kind of things we're talking about here. About how it ties in and why this works and why this happened. And it's not just all about... You know, Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger's, and because I mean, yes, they are the two big names that have come out of, you know, the whole idea of like what a slasher movie is. But all these movies, Graduation Day, Happy Birthday to Me, April Fool's Day, you know, uh, Slaughter High, these were important to the whole genre of slasher. So, um, and I think it's kind of lost. I'll be honest with you. I mean, you know, I think yeah. nowadays they make a they make a slasher movie, quote unquote. And you're like. All right, like they're trying to. I mean, except for maybe, I don't even know. Like even Hatchet was kind of done like tongue in cheek. Like they're just not. They don't. They can't capture the same thing they had back right. in the eighties. People are too smart. Like the the audience yeah. is too. You know whatever. You know they see through shit. So, but absolutely. Anyway, uh, now hey, if have you out there in listener land, have you seen? Happy birthday to me. Do you have an opinion on that? Why don't you send us an email? I swear to God, we still have an email address. Uh, freakvault at gmail.com. All one word. We do have a couple of emails in the about the email sack, but uh, we are going to save those for another time. Uh, I do. So, um, uh, Roel Gonzalez and Trentus Magnus, I knew we'd have your emails. We haven't forgotten about them. I promise. We just haven't. Uh, we always run longer than we anticipate. Because yeah. I'm always like, okay, we're going to pound this out and we'll get to the emails. It's like, nope. Nope. We're like, like play a piano as you crank us up and we just go. So what are you yeah. going to do? Uh, well, we're just like a wind-up toy, like that Alice Cooper song. So. Yep. <laughs> um, so, so again, if you have any anything you want to feedback on the series or what we're doing on the show or any specific movies, go ahead, freakvault at gmail.com. I promise we will get to your emails. So please keep the feedback coming. We really do appreciate it. Uh, all right, fellas, any last thoughts on Happy Birthday to Me? Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I've enjoyed our last two Canadian high school ventures, but I'm hoping to get some good American blood spilled pretty soon. <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, I, I think I can sum this whole episode up by saying it's a, it's a birthday movie. So why don't you make a wish and blow me? website at two true freaks.com two true freaks is always spelled t-w-o t-r-u-e-f-r-e-a-k-s 
you can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan, on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.